podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Dream Team Professor Podcast. In this episode, we're going to look at all the top players to target for Game Week 24, and then I'm going to give you a quick update on how my best teams are getting on. Before we get started, a little bit of a disclaimer. We're filming this on Wednesday morning, so there are still some matches to be played. Quite important matches as well. So we have Manchester City versus Leipzig this evening, and then tomorrow we'll have the second leg between Barcelona and Manchester United. So these could still have a big impact on what you do with your transfers and your plans, but we're going to get started anyway so that you can start pre-planning for that Friday game week 24. I'm going to start with Liverpool and how I'm going to do this episode is I'm going to show you the teams that have got two fixtures this game week and I'm also going to include their first fixture of the next game week which falls into next month. Um, but if you're bringing in a player now, it's near the end of the month and you're going to want to know um, how their month is looking next month as well. So we'll start with the first game week of next month also. So we'll start with Liverpool and they had a disappointing loss last night, 5-2 to Real Madrid. It all started so well with a Darwin Nunes goal and a Salah goal, but they crumbled. Um, Real Madrid were really good, but 5-2 is pretty unacceptable at home in the Champions League. Um, very disappointing there. Otherwise, we would have been piling on Liverpool, but this has given us something to think about now because it's going to be very, very, very unlikely that they can turn that second leg around. But we'll get started with them anyway. So... Clean sheets against Everton and then clean sheets against Newcastle as well. Um, that started to make us think that Liverpool's defence could be on the up. But yeah, the five goals conceded yesterday is a real big dent in that. So they do look like they're going out of the Champions League. All of the defenders got a minus four yesterday, um, including Trent. And if you're a regular watcher of the podcast, I bought in Trent last week. So it was looking pretty good. Um, he's only five million at the minute. I've, I've got him in. Um, I've got him in at that price actually. Um, but he got me fifteen points in that first fixture against Newcastle. I bought him in for Kieran Trippier. He got the star man and he got an assist as well. And um, Trippier actually did push him quite hard for that star man award as well. But with Trippier going off um, in the second half, it was Trent's after that. But I still haven't been put off him. He's still in my team and. Palace away, Wolves at home do look like good fixtures still, even after conceding five. But he is really the only defender from Liverpool that I would be looking at because he's just got that attacking upside as well. With with some of the other defenders, the centre-backs, even Robertson's not really been up to it so much this season. But with Trent, if they do concede, there's still a chance that he could get an assist or his rating could be fairly high and he might get the rating points. I just don't see that with some of the other options. You could get a Virgil header, maybe, or a Robertson assist, but I just don't think they're as common as Trent's attacking returns. So I think Trent at five million is probably the best option from the defence. If you still do fancy him after them conceding five, Palace away, Wolves at home. They're two teams that aren't banging in the goals. Palace's um, goal scoring isn't great. Wolves have look at, looked a little bit better. But still, it's a home game for Liverpool. I think they should be okay in that one. So I'm happy to stick with Trent at the minute. Salah at 8 million. He's looking like he's really back on form now. He got 10 points last night for a goal and an assist against Real Madrid. And in the previous game, he got an assist against Newcastle as well. Five points. So 15 points for the game week. He'll be rising in price in the following game week. And I do think he is a really good pick at the minute. I bought him in for Kane on the last game week. Got pretty lucky with that Um with that round of transfers, Trippier and Kane out for Trent and Salah. But 
it really is an argument now between Kane and Salah, I believe. If you have got the front three with Rashford and Haaland in them, I think the real decision is between Kane and Salah. So Kane has got, um, we'll, we'll see Kane's fixtures in a minute, but he has got a good fixture against Sheffield United, potentially in the FA Cup, which he could have over Salah. Um, but Salah is looking really in good form at the minute. So I think Salah's probably the better pick for now. And then I'm going to include someone else as well who, he's not for me. Um, I do think he's a decent player, but he's a frustrating player. He got on the score sheet last night, Darwin Nunes. He's 4.9 million. Um, like I said, not for me at the minute, just because I've got Kane, oh, sorry, I've got Salah, Haaland and Rashford. If I didn't have them or I couldn't afford them, I would be considering Nunes. But he's got three returns in his last three games, two goals and one assist. Um, I do think he is a good option, but like I said, I just can't see past sort of the template now of Rashford, Haaland and one of Kane or Salah. If you're looking for a bit more of a budget pick, you can't afford all three, then by all means, I think Nunes is a good option. But one thing you do just have to be aware of is that he could be a rotation risk now because they've got Firmino back, they've got Gakpo, they've got Jota. So there's quite a lot of options there. And Salah is pretty much the only one, I think, in that Liverpool starting um, in those striker spots that is now the all play every game. Then on to Arsenal, and it's been a roller coaster week for Arsenal. So coming off the back of losing to Manchester City and some poor results against Brentford and Everton, it looked like the uh, the title charge had taken a massive dent. But Arsenal coming back to beat Aston Villa and then City dropping points has now opened it all back up again. I still think City are favourites, but. The manner of the win against Aston Villa, it has to really motivate the team and push them on, I think. So I think that will have a real big impact and maybe even a bigger impact than if Arsenal had just beat Villa 2-0 or something like that. So, yeah, the re resilience in that game will be something that I think will have Arsenal on the up. Um, their two fixtures in February are Leicester away and Everton at home. So two fairly good fixtures. I did think that the Leicester... Um, game looked like one that could cause us trouble um but actually our record against Leicester previously has been pretty good so Leicester and Everton and then in the first game week for March um Arsenal will have Bournemouth at home and then they'll have their Europa League first leg which is still to be um confirmed we don't know who we're going to be playing so it all depends on whether we get a kind draw or not really but Leicester Everton and in the first week we'll have Bournemouth at home and in Europa League we don't know if it's home or away yet but four fixtures coming up look pretty good on paper um, and Saka has to be the best option for me at the moment so 4.5 million at the moment he's got another brilliant goal against Aston Villa um, got the star man as well he's on 10 goals nine assists this season and I was looking back as well because I was thinking he took a lot of kicks in that Villa game, um, took a battering really. And I was starting to think he just, I thought he was going to go off injured. And I was starting to think he does seem like he's playing every minute of every game. So I thought I'd have a look just to see um, how often he is playing or how often he's playing 90 minutes. And in Arsenal's last seven games, he started all of them and only came off in one game for 17 minutes. So it was around the 70th minute he got subbed off in that one. Um, and that was the cup game against Manchester City. So that was one we probably didn't expect him to start in either. But 
the point there is that he's absolutely nailed in this Arsenal team. Um, I expect him to probably play the Europa League games as well. But I was saying in the last episode, I think Saka's a great option. I think Erdegaard's a great option. Saka's a million and a bit more expensive. But I think Erdegaard is more of a rotation risk than Saka. And he isn't quite as clinical as Saka at the minute. So budget picks, Erdegaard's still great. But Saka has been incredible and he's on great form. So I don't think there's anything wrong with picking Saka. And I'm going to start to think about a way of getting him in my team. Because I haven't I haven't had Saka in my team. I'm not sure if I've had him at all. Um, if I have, I didn't have him for many games. But I don't think I've had Saka at all in my uh, best side. Then I mentioned him. I think this is the second best option from Arsenal at the minute. It's Erdegaard at 3.2. Um, so he got an assist and the rating points against Aston Villa. And at 3.2 million, I do still think he's incre incredible value there. Um, I've got him in a lot of my teams at the minute. He's not a better not a better pick than Saka, but he is still a great option. He does get those attacking returns still. He's the captain, so he pretty much plays every game. Um, but there might start to be a little bit more of rotation now the Europa League is coming back. So talking about the rotation risk, um, just two things to consider. You had on the bench, Smith Rowe came back. Um, he didn't play, but he was available and on the bench for Aston Villa. And then you also had Reese Nelson on the bench, um, who was previously been injured. So we did see earlier in the season, Reese Nelson was playing on the right wing. I think that was in a few of our uh, Europa League games. So Nelson could be the rotation option for Saka. But in the Premier League, I don't think we'll see it unless either Saka's injured or Arsenal have a comfortable lead. And then with Smith Rowe as well, he's been out for such a long time and he keeps getting recurring injuries. I can't see him starting for quite a while either um, until he is back fully fit. So I don't think those players are going to really be messing with the starting lineup, but we might see them come on. Uh, Smith Rowe can obviously play on the left, or he can play in sort of uh, centre attack in midfield. And Nelson will mostly be covering Saka on the right. One thing I do potentially think that if Smith Rowe does get back to full fitness and Gabriel Jesus is back out, I think Smith Rowe could be the cover for Martinelli on the left, which has been Trossard recently. Um, so if Smith Rowe can cover Martinelli on the left, I think that might give an option for Trossard to maybe rotate with Eddie Nketiah, uh, maybe for the Europa League. Um, but that might mean we move Trossard into attack to rotate with Nketiah and Smith Rowe to rotate with Martinelli. It's not something that will impact your picks too much, but it is something to consider. Then coming on to defence, previously I would have said that Saliba and Gabriel were probably the best options in defence from Arsenal. The two centre-backs are nailed. They've both got OK attacking returns as well this season. Gabriel, historically, is the most clinical um, or much more of a threat from corners. Uh, has more goal returns usually. But... I'm going to start backtracking on that one, and it's only because the Europa League is coming back. So with Saliba and Gabriel, um, the reason why they were the best is because there's just no rotation in those centre-backs positions from Arsenal uh, when they're playing in the Premier League. But with the Europa League coming back, I would now say I would actually favour the picks of Ben White at 4.3 million and Zinchenko at 3.3. Zinchenko's obviously a lot cheaper there, so that does make him quite appealing uh, he did score that goal um against Aston Villa but that was actually his first Premier League goal he didn't score a single goal for Manchester City in the Premier League so that was his first Premier League goal so he's hardly prolific in front of goal 
Um, obviously, he's a really great player, but he is playing in that sort of um, left centre midfield role when Arsenal have the ball, and he isn't really getting forward too much normally. Um, but Wyatt and Zinchenko, the reason why I think they're better options than Gabriel and Saliba at the moment is because when the Europa League starts up again, we see Arteta bring on um, substitutes for the fullbacks all the time throughout the Premier League and the Cup games. And I just think that with Saliba and Gabriel, there's a chance that it's probably going to be one of them plus a holding or plus a Kirill, um, the new signing that we got in January. So I think only one of Saliba and Gabriel would start the Europa League games unless we're in like semi-final stages or, or the final. Um, then we might go with our starting pair. But throughout the rest of the tournament, I still expect that it'll probably be one of Saliba and Gabriel and then one of the rotation options, which means you could potentially have a player that won't play the midweek game because it's very unlikely that they're going to bring on a new centre-back mid-game. But Arteta does often change the fullbacks. So if you do put White in your team or you do put Zinchenko in your team, um, they'll play the Premier League game. And then you, if the Europa League game comes and they're not picked, they go over Tierney or they go over Tommy Asu, there's still a very, very good chance that they will come on as a sub and potentially get the clean sheet points. So that's the reason why I think White and Zinchenko, um, the rest of this month or March going forward, are better options. If you're enjoying the video so far, please do leave a like on it. And if you're not subscribed already, please do subscribe to the channel to get kept up to date with more Sun Dream Team content. On the last episode, we had Sun Dream Team World Cup winner Ash, aka Fergus Apprentice, join us to talk about his journey on winning the World Cup. Um, so we're putting out regular Sun Dream Team content. So if you subscribe to the channel, you'll get kept up to date with that. So moving on to Manchester City, um, obviously play this evening. Um, so there is still more information that we could have before the Friday transfers. Um, but I'll show you what there is at the minute. So two fixtures in February. We've got Bournemouth away and Bristol City away. I accidentally called that um, Brighton in the uh, one of the last videos. But Bournemouth away, Bristol City away in the FA Cup. Um, then they have one fixture in the first game week of March, which is Newcastle at home. Um, so pretty good fixtures, actually. Um, both attacking and defence, but the real problem is the defence is so hard to pick at the minute. Um, one sort of injury or team update that we had yesterday is that Laporte and Kevin De Bruyne are both currently ill and they haven't travelled for the RB Leipzig game which is taking place tonight, so they're going to be left out. I've got Kevin De Bruyne in my team, which is quite disappointing, he won't be playing that second fixture. Um, and I've actually got Laporte in one of my other teams as well. I went for a City block and I brought Laporte in because I saw he was playing the previous game, which they didn't keep a clean sheet in. So that one is quite frustrating. Um, so, But starting on the midfield then, um, one thing to note that Phil Foden is back and started that Nottingham Forest game. So he's back in the mix now and it's making Mares and Grealish a little bit less appealing and it's more of a rotation risk for them. Um, but Foden's 4.6 million. I wouldn't be picking him yet at the moment. Um, he played against Nottingham Forest starting that one. Probably needs a little while to get up to full speed. Um, could have played the ball across the box and gave us all those sweet Haaland points. But scuffed it. Had a few chances. But yeah, it was. I think he's going to take a little while to get back up to speed. So Mares and Grealish I still think are the better options in midfield. But you just have to bear in mind now that Foden 
is there sort of banging on the door to start and he probably will rotate with them on both sides. Foden was really rotating with Grealish earlier in the season and Mares was starting every game, but Foden started on the right-hand side, so even Mares isn't safe at the minute. But with Mares, he has still been a really good pick recently. He's got 11 goals, 5 assists, and he steals the occasional penalty from Haaland as well. So I still have Mares in my teams, and I still think he's a really good option. Um, Grealish as well, he's really picked up his form in the last few weeks. He's got four returns in his last five games. That's one goal and three assists. So he, previously, he was sort of only getting those rating points, but now he's chipping in with those attacking returns as well. So that's uh, another thing to keep an eye on, and he could still be a good pick. Um, if you want a defender, though, from Man City... This is where it gets a lot, lot harder. And I'd recommend at the minute just waiting for the lineups to come out. They play at 5.30 on Saturday. Still, some of the other big clubs, they don't start till later on. So you could still, maybe, if you, I wouldn't do it, but if you wanted to change out a Man United defender, for example, you could still do that for a Man City defender or one of the other teams. You could still look at the lineup against Bournemouth, decide that you think they're going to get a clean sheet and bring in those players. But... It could go the other way like it did for me in the last game. I looked at the lineup for Nottingham Forest, put in those defenders, and didn't keep a clean sheet, and they're not going to play midweek. So it is just really frustrating at the minute, choosing City defenders. But the best thing you can probably do is just look at the lineup for that Bournemouth game and pick players from that. Um, obviously, Rico Lewis hasn't been starting, hasn't been getting the minutes anymore. Um, a few players that I did sort of highlight that could be good um kyle walker has come has come back into the mix and he started four games in a row now kyle walker so four games in a row for him and diaz since he started getting back into the team he's now started three games in a row so diaz and walker they're the two that have been starting the most games recently um akanji previously was someone that was starting a lot of games but he's not been getting the minutes now um ake has been fairly good for the minutes but he did get rested in the last game. So I expect that Ake probably will be playing this Leipzig game this evening, especially now Laporte is out. And obviously I wouldn't be bringing in Laporte now he's ill. But with Kevin De Bruyne and Laporte being ill, if it is just illness, there probably is a chance that they might still make that Bournemouth game. Maybe Kevin De Bruyne, but Laporte... With Laporte, they've got so many options anyway. I can't see them playing Laporte for the Bournemouth game. But with Kevin De Bruyne and them still needing to win the title, I think there could be a chance they try and rush him back. Then Manchester United then. So they've got two fixtures in February. They've got Newcastle in the Carabao Cup final, um, obviously at Wembley. And then they have West Ham at home. And then the fixture, their first fixture in the game week in March, they face Liverpool at home. So potentially a tough fixture against Liverpool there. That Newcastle fixture is looking a bit better now that Pope is suspended. Um, if you've got Rashford or Bruno or some attacking options, you might be licking your lips at that one. Um, but we'll start with Rashford then on that case. Um, so he got two goals against Leicester and he's averaging nine points per game over his last five games. So you really would fancy him to score still a hatful of goals across this Newcastle, West Ham and even Liverpool fixture. Um, so he's looking brilliant at the minute. One thing I had a look at as well, he was 4.5 million um, just after the World Cup. He's now at 6.4 million. So, yeah, I'd be interested to know when you got him in your team. Well, I had him straight away from the World Cup. So I've seen that that whole rise in value, which is brilliant. Um, but, yeah, if you haven't got him in your team now, that's a real gutting one to have to bring him in at this price. But at 6.4 million, if I didn't have him now, 
I'd still be trying to get him in my team. Rashford's now only 42 points off of Haaland as well, which that that margin was massive at one point. So, yeah, he really is tracking him down. And Haaland's just gone a little bit off the boil. So, yeah, I'm interested to see whether Rashford can close the gap on Haaland and push him all the way. Um, do you think there's a chance that he might catch Haaland up before the end of the season? Let us know. Um, but Bruno Fernandes as well, he's another really good option. Um, two assists against Leicester. So Rashford got two goals. Bruno got two assists and he's had ratings eight games in a row now, Bruno Fernandes. Um, 11 attacking returns in his last 16 games since the World Cup. Now, if, you, if you're a regular listener, I was saying before the World Cup that he was, he was getting those um, rating points sort of every game, but he was just getting three points, three points, three points. He was getting the odd return, but not very many. But since the World Cup, He's added those and it just boosts him up. And there's, if he gets an attacking return on top of those rating points, there's a really good chance that he is going to get the star man. Um, obviously, it depends whether Rashford's banging in sort of two goals or getting goals and assists on the same game. It's hard when there's two really good players in the team. But with Bruno Fernandes, there's a great chance that you're going to get the star man award as well. So, like I said, 11 attacking returns in 16 since coming back from the World Cup. He only had five attacking returns in 20 before that. So he is really on form since the World Cup. And I would tip getting Bruno Fernandes in your team if you didn't have him already. Obviously, Man United still have to play Barcelona um, on Thursday. I would still bring in Rashford or Bruno regardless if they if they end up going out of that Europa League um, tie against Barcelona. I think that I honestly think they're going to they're going to do it. And I think they're going to get past Barcelona. Um, but I still think that Rashford and Bruno are perfectly good options, even if they are eliminated from it personally. They just start every game. There's no rotation for them. And they're really on good form. So I think Rashford and Bruno, regardless of the result on Thursday, unless they get injured, um, are really good picks. When it comes to the defence of Man United, though, I think I'd wait and see how they get on against Barcelona um, and whether they progress in the Europa League before bringing in more Man United defenders personally. Um, I think Shaw looks like the best option of all of them. Um, his set-piece delivery has been so good recently, and even just his crossing. Um, so I think Shaw is probably the best option. And then Dallow's looked pretty good since he's been back as well, but he does have a bit of rotation with Aaron Wan-Bissaka. So I think Shaw's the best option there, but I would be waiting to see whether they're going to go on to play more games um, because, for example, if they do get eliminated um, by Barcelona, I think we might start to see someone like Delo playing every game um, and not getting rotated so much. Or the same with some of the centre-backs as well, like Varane. Varane might start being more of an option um, because he will start playing every game Man United have. Then on to Spurs then, and despite feeling like they're having a bad season, they're still up there in fourth at the moment. So they've got two fixtures in February. They face Chelsea at home, and then they have Sheffield United away in the FA Cup. And then they double in the first game week of March, where they face Wolves away, and then they have the second leg against AC Milan. So in terms of fixture volume, it's looking good for Spurs. Um, but their form has been on and off, so they haven't... Looking at that Chelsea fixture first, I had a look at back at the head-to-heads with Chelsea, um, mostly just because I wanted to see how Kane does against them. He Kane's one of these players that he can score in pretty much every game, but he does have some of these big clubs that he does score goals against, like 
like Arsenal, for example. Um, he does seem to have a good time against Arsenal usually. But when I look back, I was surprised to see that Spurs haven't won once in their last five games against Chelsea. And Harry Kane has only scored one in his last five against them too. So that kind of isn't looking too good. Um, but obviously Kane, Kane is Kane and he can score against any of the big sides. He's on penalties. Uh, he's still a great option. Just because I've been tipping Salah, I still think Kane is a really good option. Um, but at £8 million, he does have that poor record against Chelsea. And then they have that game against Sheffield United in the FA Cup. And I've been looking at that as sort of, in my head, the first thing you think is they're not a Premier League side. There's a good potential that Kane scores a load of goals against them. But I went and had a look at the championship and Sheffield United are second at the minute um, and they're having pretty good seasons. So it might not be as easy of a game as it looks on paper. Um, but one thing I did see that Sheffield United um, in their last two games have conceded six goals. So although they are doing well, they are conceding goals and that could play into Kane's hands. If you do have Kane already, I wouldn't be against seeing out this next run of fixtures. Um, so Chelsea, Sheffield United... Then they face Wolves and AC Milan, with that AC Milan one being a must-win uh, to try and progress. I've added Son to the list as well at 5 million. He did score in the last game against West Ham, but personally I won't be putting him in. Um, around that 5 million mark, if that was the budget that I had to play with, I think I'd probably be choosing Darwin Nunes over Son at the moment. Then on to Leicester then. Um, so I'm featuring them again. For, they, they were in it last week as well, but... Two fixtures in February. They've got two home fixtures. So Arsenal at home and Blackburn at home. And then the first fixture they have in March is Southampton away. So Southampton did get that um, good result against Chelsea. But their defence has been fairly poor this season. So that one, it, it, that is one that stood out to me. Because Southampton's defence has been a bit suspect. And Leicester's best, um, best asset at the minute is their attack. So I thought that one stood out a little bit as well. Um, obviously, that Arsenal game is going to be really difficult um, and their record hasn't been very good against Arsenal. But last time they played Arsenal, in a 4-2 loss, James Madison was on the score sheet. So I'm going to tip him again. 5.8 million. He's got nine goals and five assists this season. 5.8 million still is really expensive. Um, but if you are chasing or you've got some transfers left and you're not, you're happy to maybe make this one now and reverse it, in the next month if it doesn't work out i still do think there could be a good opportunity for some points here and um, so he obviously scored in the last time out against arsenal in that 4-2 loss and then blackburn they they faced them he did start in the last fa cup game they played against walsall madison so there's potential here that he does actually start all three games and i think he will um, arsenal blackburn southampton so blackburn he, he could be on the goals in that one and then southampton away i still think that Southampton can and Southampton away I still think there's good opportunity for Madison and Leicester to score some goals in that one obviously Leicester had a poor result in the last game against Manchester United but Manchester United really are on good form at the minute and Blackburn and Southampton aren't be aren't going to be putting up the same sort of uh, performance that Manchester United did so I still think Madison is a real good option there are a few other punts there like um, Iniacho or Barnes but personally, I think I'd only be considering Madison and I wouldn't be going near the defence after the performance they put in against Manchester United. Then on to Chelsea, and I'm reluctantly putting these in the video. Um, we've got one fixture left in February, so all the other teams had two. 
Chelsea only have the one, which is against Tottenham away as well. So it does look like it's a tough fixture on paper, but Chelsea's record has been pretty good against Spurs recently. But still, with only the one fixture, there's probably going to be better options from the previous teams. But the reason I'm including Chelsea in this one is because they do have two fixtures in the first game week of March. They have Leeds and then they have Borussia Dortmund, both at home. But here are some stats that don't look good when it comes to bringing in Chelsea players. So they've got back-to-back -back losses now and no wins in their last five games. So if you are bringing in Chelsea players, you are betting against the form, really. And the last time that they scored more than one goal was against Bournemouth back in December, at the end of December. So the goals aren't flowing for Chelsea at the minute. And I think that is really off-putting when it comes to considering attacking options and even the midfield options. Um, João Felix was looking pretty good. Um, obviously, Mudrick's just come in, but has struggled a bit um i've got quite a few new signings sterling's back playing havertz is getting the chances but he's not putting them away so with them only scoring sort of one goal max since december i wouldn't be going near any of the midfielders or attackers at the moment um but on the other side of that although the form has been bad they've not conceded more than one goal in their last six games three of those six games were clean sheets it wasn't the last three, um, but three clean sheets in their last six, they might be getting there. So they're stopping a ton of goals going in, but they're not scoring a ton of goals themselves. So they're having really tight games, which means there could be potential for clean sheet points. And that's why the only person I'm going to tip at the moment is Reese James. Um, he was left out of the squad for that last game, which was really quite disappointing. It was a bit surprising, really, as well, because... They're, in the three fixtures they had, he's just come back from injury and you would have probably thought that he'd maybe start one, come, as, come on as a sub in another or get 60 minutes and then have some role in the next one. But instead they gave him 90 minutes, 90 minutes and then didn't even put him in the squad. Um, we thought that he might have got a recurring injury again, but Potter said, no, we don't have any injuries. We're just using this as a chance to rest a few players who have a bit of fatigue. So they didn't put him in the squad at all for that Southampton game. And then they lost 1-0. Um, so, yeah, not, not great. Um, Potter's ideas probably have been questioned a little bit there. Uh, but I still think Reese James, I'm not totally against getting him in early if you did want him for March. I had a look back in the previous fixtures and he had scored recently against Chelsea, uh, against Tottenham. But yeah, I just, I think maybe I'd, I'd prefer to go maybe with a Trent who's got a few more fixtures at the moment. He is a really exciting player, someone that can get goals and assists. Um, it's just Chelsea, who are the question mark at the minute. If Chelsea were playing really, really well, good attacking football, I definitely would be putting him straight in my team. But I think I'm just going to wait a little bit longer just to see. They're also losing in that first leg against Borussia Dortmund. So if they go out of that one, it's going to make them look even less appealing. So I think I'm going to shelve Reese James at the moment. Um, but here's someone that I really have been wanting to own recently. Right, on to my team updates then. Um, and like I said, this is being filmed on Wednesday morning after the Liverpool game. So I still have got a few players to, um, to play from Manchester City and Man United. But I've got 80 points for the game week, which has been really good so far. Um, total points is 1,611. 
and my overall rank has jumped quite a bit from 1.8k to 1.1k so i really am closing in on that 1k target that i set myself um, i've got david de gea in goal he got me eight points against leicester and some really good saves in that game actually um, and then obviously he plays barcelona at home um, on thursday which i'm not expecting too much from at the minute um trent alexander arnold he's finished up on 11 points he got me 15 against newcastle but i was just watching those uh points tick down 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 last night it was like the uh the ticker on pointless the the, the score was just keep lowering down to 11 so happy for it to stay there i, I would have taken 11 points if you offered it to me at the start um sure he got eight points, plays Barcelona on Thursday. Okay, that one was really disappointing, actually. And I'm going to say, the choice was between Ake and Trippier to remove for Trent. And obviously, Ake has more fixtures than Trippier, but I do think Trippier has better scoring potential. So I was sticking with Ake, and in my head, I was going to take Trippier out and bring Trent in. But I did just wait, and I thought, if I leave Ake in there, and he doesn't play against Forest. I could actually, because Man City played earlier, I could actually take Ake out and then bring Trent in for Ake after the game finished. So I was keeping an eye on that one. But Ake came on in like the 89th minute or something like that. So he came on with about a minute to play and got me the no point. So which meant I had to do Trippier. Um, he hopefully will play against RB Leipzig. Now Laporte is confirmed out. So hopefully they can get a clean sheet in that one. But their defensive record hasn't been great lately. Um, Bruno Fernandes got me 12 points against Leicester. He's been absolutely brilliant. So happy to keep him at the minute. And he could still return points against Barcelona. I think he'll definitely get the uh, rating points. But if he can get any attacking returns, that'd be brilliant. De Bruyne, he finished up with 8 points. And the star man against uh, Nottingham Forest. In a game that was 1-1 and he didn't get any attacking returns. That's a pretty good result, actually, from De Bruyne. So happy with that. But he is going to miss this RB Leipzig game. I'm going to be sticking with Kevin De Bruyne. If it's illness, um, it does seem like there's a lot of colds and stuff going around. So um, I imagine he should be back for that Bournemouth game. If he's not back for that Bournemouth game, maybe I will consider changing him to someone. Uh, but I'll wait and see before I do anything on that one. Mares disappointing that... Um, he didn't get any minutes at all against Forest, but at least we know he's going to definitely be fresh back starting um, for this RB Leipzig game, unless there's anything mental going on. Um, and then Erdegaard, so he got me five points. He got an assist in that Aston Villa game and the rating points. So again, happy with how he ticks along. He's a little bit in Saka's shadow with in terms of Dream Team points. So I will keep an eye on him, and there is a potential that I could maybe bring Saka in for Erdegaard. So that is one that I keep an eye on, but it will mean using a lot of my budget that I have left. Um, and I'm kind of keeping that budget in case I need to bring um, Trippier back in for Trent. So that's going to be a consideration. Um, and up front, I've got Rashford, 13 points. Again, he's been brilliant. I don't really have to add anything more to him. But bringing Salah in for Kane as well has been... A real good move this week. So 15 points. A bit of a mixed week for, for Liverpool. But in terms of Salah and Dream Team, 15 points is a brilliant return. And Haaland with a blank. But hopefully he can get something against Leipzig. So yeah, pretty good week in, in all 80 points. I'm really happy with that. I've got two transfers left out of five. 
Um, the team value is 61.9 million with 2.9 million in the bank. So the moves I did were Trippier to Trent and Kane to Salah last week. And that combo, Salah and Trent, got me 26 points. If I had kept Kane and Trippier, that would have only got me seven points. So that's a pretty good move when it comes to uh, when it comes to Dream Team. But obviously, that's just one week. It has got to carry on throughout the month. So yeah, hopefully we can see a few more points from Trent and Salah. In terms of transfer plans, like I said, I'll keep an eye on Kevin De Bruyne, uh, whether he's back for that Bournemouth game. If he's not, I may consider moving him on with one of the two transfers that I have left. But concerns me a little bit because De Bruyne is a player that I am going to want long term and I can't imagine this illness is going to be long term. Then Saka is the only other person that I'd be looking to bring in potentially with the extra money. I could bring him in for Erdegaard in a straight swap and that could be a real good move actually. Um, but yeah, like I said, it would just mean using all the money I have left in the bank. And if I do want Trippier back, that means I'm probably going to have to do it in two moves, which isn't great. Um, the only other thing I'm keeping an eye on is Ake and the rotation. It is getting annoying, but a lot of teams do have City players in them, and it is good to have one just in case the fixtures are really good. So if they do keep a string of clean sheets, I think it is quite good just to have at least one City defender at the moment. Right, then I'll show you my second team then. I've been doing this along the way as well, so I'll show you my best team and my second team. And this one really was a poor week, so... 46 points for the game week, almost half as many as my previous team. The total points is 1,527, and the overall rank has plummeted from 5.3k to 6.1k, and these two teams were in a fairly similar position um, not so long ago, so it shows that you can really go um, both ways, really. So I tried to keep these two separate. They were getting a bit similar, so I've really gone out there and made this team um, quite a bit different to my last team and obviously quite a bit worse than my other team. Um, so De Gea in goal, eight points. And the thinking with this one is Man City did have the really good fixtures, so I was going to try and target a City block. Obviously, it was a risk because City's defence hasn't been great lately, but I did think the fixtures looked really good. I definitely expected to get clean sheets um, against Forest away. Um, so... Initially in this team, I had Trippier and Cher to start the week from Newcastle. Because they were playing a lot less fixtures, I took them out for Walker and Diaz, who were starting. I got to see the lineup, so I knew that Walker and Diaz were starting already. And then I had Ake and Rico Lewis. Now, Rico Lewis hadn't been playing any games, um, well, for the last two fixtures, I believe. So I took Rico Lewis out for Laporte who is now confirmed not travelling to Leipzig, so he's not going to get me any points this week at all. So that, that was a pretty terrible move. Um, and Ake didn't feature, well, he, he did feature for one minute to come on and get the no points. So, yeah, that that defence is looking bleak. Laporte, Walker, Diaz, Ake, no points for any of them. Um, I may have a decision to make with Laporte. He's, I can't do anything before Leipzig, um, but maybe I'll take him out before Bournemouth. But hopefully they can get a clean sheet against um, Leipzig and that score will look quite a bit better. Then in midfield, I've got De Bruyne, Mares, Bruno. So fairly familiar to the last one. De Bruyne got me eight points, but he's not going to play in midweek. Probably might still get a rise. 
Mares, hopefully, will play. And then Bruno still to play against Barcelona as well. So the midfield's okay. Up front, Haaland, no points. I kept Kane in this team to keep it separate from the last team, which has Salah. So he only got me to five points, which is quite a lot less than Salah did. Um, and then I've got Rashford up front. I just don't think you can go without Rashford at the minute. So 13 points from him. So, yeah, going for that City block in this team hasn't quite worked out. I'm going to stick with it now. I'm, I'm too far in with this City block. So I'm going to stick with this City block and see how we go. Hopefully get some clean sheet points. The only things I might tweak, I've got two transfers left. So whether or not I use those last two to just make sure that I have got the City starting defenders at the time. It does seem a bit of a waste of transfers, but chasing those clean sheet points. I did consider, do I just go all in and take De Gea out for Edison? Because Edison is pretty much nailed every game. But I do think Edison probably will uh, miss that Bristol City game. And De Gea's fixtures are pretty good. And he has more opportunities to get the rating points than Edison because he makes more saves. So I think I'll keep De Gea. I'll keep the City block or defensive block at least. Um, but yeah, it isn't looking good and I don't see this one going very well. That is everything for this episode. So all the best in the remainder of this game week. And if you have any questions going into game week 24, happy to answer them in the comments below. And if you're not subscribed already, please do like this video and subscribe for more Sun Dream Team content. And check out the next video that I have lined up here where we had Sun Dream Team World Cup winner Ash, aka Fergus Apprentice, join us for a quick interview, giving us an insight into his World Cup win. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you on the next episode. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.